Worcester Culture Watch, a podcast connecting you with the local culture scene in Worcester, arts, entertainment, music, and more. Worcester Culture Watch from the Worcester Telegram and Gazette. Hello and welcome to Worcester Culture Watch on Telegram.com. I'm Victor Infante, entertainment editor for the Worcester Telegram and Gazette. I'm here today with reporter Craig Seaman. Hi, Craig. Hi, Victor. How are you today? I'm doing well. Now, later on in the program, you're going to be talking to Joe's Albums owner, Joe Demers. But first, let's catch up on a little bit on the music scene, shall we? Because last night was one of Worcester's big nights, the Worcester Music Awards. Yes, the Worcester Music Awards uh, at the Palladium. Big venue for it, and it sounded like it was a... A, a night packed full of uh, entertainment, uh, a few tears, yeah, a few triumphs. Uh, I noticed uh, Ashley Jordan. Ashley Jordan, um, country singer, had a big, big night. Just really going down her list really quick here. She's won Best Country Act, which is probably not surprising. Best Female Vocalist, which is a pretty big deal. Best Acoustic Act with Catherine Haddad. Um, best music video and best live act. Now, she is from central Massachusetts somewhere, though. She mostly plays in Boston and is right. mostly touring nationally these days. So that's, you know, it was still pretty impressive showing. Um, other big showings came from the band Hot Letter, um, the duo, a folk duo, The Promises Hope. Richard Duckett just did a big story on them not yeah, too terribly so they, long ago. They came home with two, oh, three awards, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, a few others here and there around. <laughs> just a couple um, notables, as it were. Uh, Best Blues Act, Big John Short, always a favorite. Right. Um, do, do, do Ricky Duran from um, the Blue Light Bandits for Best Male Vocalist. Uh, Michael Cigar Bar for Best Live Venue, and that's, that's yeah. a, they get some fun stuff in there going yeah, on. Yeah, it's a nice place to see if you can deal with the cigarettes. Well, there is that, that's isn't okay. there? <laughs> I, I used to smoke cigars, but I gave them up. I used to have cigars maybe twice a year, and I gave them up when I quit smoking. Right. And part of my brain says, oh, it's not the same thing, and then part of my brain says, yeah, don't, <laughs> don't risk it. Don't, <laughs> you don't need to start going down that road again. Um, best Pop Punk Act or... Uh, Punk or pop punk act. Michael Caine in the morning after is one of my favorite local bands. Um, and oh boy, um, I'm just gonna say it. I think it might be time to retire the sexiest musician category. It just feels <laughs> awkward every time. I don't want to make any get into any dispersions on anybody this year. It went to lovely musician Cara Brindisi, who's who, an incredible singer, and I think needs to be recognized. Who for has that. won it before? Who has won it before? And Nikki Liparelli has taken herself yeah. out of consideration for it in the past because she's won it too many times. So, yeah. I don't know. It always feels awkward. Well, uh, I, I, I mean, I could go either way on this, but it's it's funny because Cara is a wonderful sure. singer. Sure, uh, no disrespect on Cara. Cara's and, amazing. And Cara, I remember the first year she won it at Jillian's. Mm-hmm. She was totally embarrassed by it. Yeah, and, and she was uncomfortable by it, and she is so good well, that she, you don't you don't need to. It's such an she's such an extremely talented musician. We we can concentrate on that. And also, I think there's some sexy guys. I have well, and I think <laughs> one has one. Um, was it um the lead singer of Hot, Hot Letters? Letters? Yeah, yeah, probably yeah. probably would have been. Uh, yeah, that that. But you know, I I don't know. I think <laughs> it might the category might have run its course here. Yeah. I think. Um, but otherwise, I think it's a fantastic lineup. So it was some really interesting acts. The big news out of this, of course, goes to. Local uh, rock and roll legend, Jimmy yeah, D'Angelo. Uh, yes, the city is still mourning the passing of Jimmy D'Angelo, who, I mean, reaches back to the, six, well, the 60s for being an icon to the city. And it was a 
heartfelt and tearful uh, tribute, which uh, God bless uh, the Pulse uh, magazine people and the people who put this award show to, on, on doing this. I uh, think that was an excellent decision. Yeah, I, I really uh, was. Joe, well deserved. Yeah, and Joe, his, his brother, who, as he said during uh, his teary-eyed uh, acceptance speech, so to speak, that... Uh, you know, they were joined from the hip, uh, from the birth, and then they, uh, cr- uh, then they went on different paths because Joe was more of a jazz guitar player and Jimmy was an all-out rock and roller. Uh, and recently, as he put it, uh, because he's a Dale LePage, uh, uh, plays with him, they're doing, as he put it, quote, the old, old man uh, uh, <laughs> gigs. So, which was a luxury for Joe because he could actually catch Jimmy whenever he played at the Lucky Dog exactly. Music Hall because he could finish his gig. He can go see the next yes. one. Yes, and uh, and uh, yeah. So that was well, just obviously well deserved and a highlight of the evening. And there was a lot of tears. And I and I know his brother Fred was there also. Yeah, and if there's anybody out there who has really is unfamiliar with Jimmy D'Angelo, I highly recommend you search for. Um, Craig's obituary on him that he wrote for the Telegram and Gazette in September. Um, it's an excellent piece of writing. And it was an excellent overview of the man's career, and it, you can see just why he was so beloved and so deserving. Yeah, of probably next to the obituaries I wrote on my mom and my dad. That was one of the harder I stories. I can imagine. And it was a story that had to be written. And of course, you've and, interviewed him for this podcast, or Joe D'Angelo for yeah, this Joe podcast right did afterward. An incredible, uh, very open and honest interview for a podcast. I <laughs> it yeah. went through the roof for us, uh, right? And still, uh, if it's in cyberspace, it's it still is. It's still in. It's still in. It's still in our blog roll for this um, podcast. So you can go back and listen to that. A um, couple other things, really quickly, because I know we've got a big interview we've got to get to. Um, we'll t- be touching on this a bit later. But record store day at That's Entertainment. Now, yeah. record store day is everywhere, but there's a pretty well, good I, lineup going. I mean, when you say every and and you're gonna go through the lineup because uh, That's Entertainment always does a wonderful uh, day of events, and you know That's Entertainment is always fun to go to, even when there's nothing exactly. going on there. Uh, but uh, record store day is coming up, and I talked to Joe uh, at Joe's albums. Uh, uh, I'll be talking to him later in the uh, broadcast. But there's not that many people that actually in this area that has the records that we're talking about. That's Entertainment and Jelly's Disc, uh, who are both next to each other on Park Avenue in Worcester. That's Entertainment on John Fitch Highway in Fitchburg. The Nevermind Shop on 1 Milford Street, Upton, which is run by Mick Lawless, who you might know from Loose Salute and uh, Mick Lawless and the Reckless Hearts. I think I get that right. I think it's the Reckless Hearts. Yeah, I always get the that the Reckless wrong. And of course, Newberry Comics on at the Solomon Pond Mall and Joe's albums. So. Of course, Joe's albums. Um, yeah, no, that's and of course, Joe's albums was actually one of the sponsors of the Worcester Music Awards last night. See, it all ties together. <laughs> we we mean to do this, really. Um, no, but um, I, I've always loved that. That's Entertainment's Record Store Day shows because they put on you know several hours of entertainment. They always have not just like old classics though. They have those you know people right. that have been playing around for years, but they also mix. And you know, fresh, exciting new acts, and 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 if they tend to be people I've written about too, so I'm always <laughs> really excited about that. Um, Singer songwriter Molly Jane Gein, I may be mispronouncing her name. I don't have it in front of me. Uh, um, is you know has done some excellent work, and she had a really excruciatingly beautiful um, music video just recently about about quitting drinking. 
Oh. It was really good. Really good. Um, and The Highway Kind, I just reviewed their album coming right. up. You know, so got some really good rock going on there. We've got some really good, really good music always worth seeing. And speaking of good music, we've got a couple stories coming up this week, and I think we really quickly want to touch yes, on those. Yes, uh, we have one uh, Friday. We have one uh, about the Deadites. Yep. Uh, they are celebrating their 25th anniversary in 16 weeks, I believe, Oof. which is something that uh, Maz, uh, this singer who goes by multiple names, uh, <laughs> uh, Dynamo Maz, we'll call him by his stage name today. Uh, I sat down with him and uh, another and three other of the members uh, recently, and they had a lot to say, probably too much to say, <laughs> but they're always a hoot, and uh, they're playing at the Bull Mansion on Saturday. Right. We got the story running on Friday. And another big uh, story that I did, uh, Bad Marriage, uh, a band that if you haven't heard of them, you might hear of them really soon. They're a great rock and roll band. They're like a cross between uh, classic Aerosmith and early Guns N' Roses. And I don't say that. No. In fact, you know, I remember when the first time you brought them up to me and I'm like, well, they're like, no, they're really good. I'm like, well, lots of bands are really good. We don't necessarily always focus on them. (laughs) And then you eventually sold me on them. So I'm really excited that we got there. And they're an original band. And uh, as I have stated to Victor and uh, and, uh, to a few others, if rock and roll radio wasn't in the situation as it is now, which is primary primarily dead and hard to get on, these guys would be big stars. And I think they have what it takes to be big stars. And they're, they're doing three shows with Tesla well, there next you go. week uh, in uh, Boston, uh, New Hampshire, and also Maine. So, Well, there you go. Well, you know, it's one thing for us to sit here and talk, talk about these acts, and I'm pretty sure that people should trust our opinions by now. We know what we're talking about. <laughs> But just in case you don't, why don't we take a second and listen to a little bit of music from both of these bands. We're going to start this off with Aquaphobic by the Deadites. Is it all that I can Just swam, girls and truth. The thought of it thrills me.
you, uh, you have been listening to Diablo by Band Marriage and Aquaphobic by the Deadites. Both are going to be featured in stories in the Telegram and Gazette, uh, Band Marriage, on Sunday, and Aquaphobic, uh, the Deadites, uh, on uh, Friday. So today we have a very special edition of Worcester Culture Watch for, for you. My, uh, my name is Craig S. Seaman, and with me in the studio is Joe uh, Demers, owner of Joe's Albums at 317 Main Street in Worcester, and we are here to talk about Record Store Day 2019, which is this Saturday, April 13th. Joe, it's great to have you in the studio. You don't mind if I call you Joe? Absolutely. <laughs> I'd prefer it. Uh, it's great to have you in the studio, and uh, Joe's Albums is one of the few record stores in central Massachusetts that will be carrying exclusively exclusive and limited printed vinyl. Correct. And uh, this year, Joe's Albums, correct me if I'm wrong, this Joe, and then I'll let you speak, <laughs> trust me, uh, you guys are open at 8 a.m. on Saturday. Uh, your practice, which is a very fair practice, I've seen it in action, uh, and it gives you the initiative to drag yourself out of bed earlier. You let in approximately 35 people to start, and you continue to let people trickle in as people leave. Uh, for the people who are 36 and uh, above uh, in the line, realize People, when they get in there, take their sweet time. That's not Joe's fault. So <laughs> if you can make it in the top 35 or 30, I, I'm not going to hold you to 30. But if you make it in the top 20, you want to be in the first wave, pretty much. Sure. I mean, there's still plenty of stuff, even if you're not in the first wave. But it's ideal. And uh, limit one copy of each title per customer. Mm-hmm. And it's a first come, first serve, no savesies. That's right. And believe me, I know that for a fact, too, because I've tried to use that card in the past. Uh, but So uh, first off, for someone who, who, myself, who worked at Strawberries, uh, records and tapes, I don't know if you remember them. Absolutely. At 20 Front Street from 83 to 87, which even though I was only getting paid minimum wage, was still my favorite job I've ever had. <laughs> it is such a thrill to have a bona fide vinyl record store back in downtown Worcester. So I thank you for that, Joe. Oh, you're very welcome. It's my pleasure to be there because I used to love to be down here and go to Strawberries and, and you know, the other ones in the Galleria back then. It was a lot of fun. So yeah. it's good to bring some of that. And uh, you got to tell our, I was about to say our readers, but in this case our listeners, uh, you came into our, st- quote, uh, studio, unquote, and you notice something on the uh, carpentry here. Yes, when uh, I was looking at spaces down here two and a half years ago, I walked through this building, and, and the carpeting was still the carpeting that was laid down when Media Play was open <laughs> at that time. And I was surprised. So when I came in today, I half expected to see that, but it's much different now. Which, before you, was the last hurrah for music st- stores, but they in weren't the even counting carrying vinyl, I don't believe, at that time. No, it was solely CDs, CDs, and, DVDs. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so 8, 8 a.m. you guys are opening on Saturday. What time do we expect the line to start, and how big does the line usually get? Great questions. Um, the last two years, I asked the first person in line what time they got there, and they were there at 5.30. Uh, I didn't go down the line asking people. I, I assume there's some sort of step function where it goes you know, from 5.30 to something. There's not a heck of a lot of people around. But I would say from 7 o'clock on, it builds. Um, so you say as early as 5.30? Yeah, for the for the first. Yikes! <laughs> now, when is the line? And this is 
I'm sure people listening yeah. listening to this that care about this mm-hmm. will strategize, including myself. When's a good time to get there before it gets to the point of no? I'm, I'm like I'm talking be, top twenty people. Sure. I mean six, seven. I mean I'm guessing eight o'clock's early for you, isn't it? It is. We usually open at ten. Okay. Um, and, and there are certain rules around record store day, and one is that you can open at eight but not before. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So, so that's why we open at that time. Um, you know, that's a difficult question. And I also think I was talking to someone earlier today who I said, I think weather plays a factor in that. The right. last couple of years were cooler and yeah. kind of raw. So I think the line may have, you know, built a lot a little later. Right. Um, I don't know the weather this weekend. I think it's supposed to be mild, but I don't know if it's Yeah, I think it's supposed well. to be nice um, enough. Compared to what we've had for opening day Red Sox, which I was at. So (laughs) So I would think between 6.30 and 7 would be pretty good, but I'm not there at that time. No. (laughs) Oh, you're not even there. No, I, I, you know, worked these last two weeks, and especially this week, 13 hours a day to get prepared. (laughs) And so I usually show up about quarter past 7, and and the line is healthy at that time. It's beyond that 20.30. And last year when we, at 8 when we opened, I would estimate there were close to 100 people in line. Oh, I, I think you're being modest because I was in that line okay. last year, and I think there was easily a couple hundred. Okay, wow. Well, or close to that. But then again, yeah. I, I've known yeah. for double on figures. I, <laughs> I reviewed ACDC at the Centrum like 20 years ago when they weren't the hottest band around, and I think I said there was 6,000 people there, and it turned out there was only 3,000 when I got really? the fish. So I'm notorious for double on things. But there was, so, so maybe somewhere in between. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll say 150. Uh, and... Um, uh, what kind of people wait for these things? Everyone, to be honest with you, you know, um, from the younger crowd who's just getting in and, and there's, you know, a newer artist that has a limited edition that they want to get to those of us who, you know, have been buying music forever. Um, and there's something near and dear. So it ranges the gamut and it's in, in record store day, the offering, there really is something for everyone from plenty of classic rock, represented um but jazz blues hip-hop soundtracks um <laughs> and and everything in between really so so there's something for everyone and, and you know if people are into vinyl it, there may be something that they really want and they'll be out there early great and what is the difference between record store day first releases release exclusively for record store day and record store day limited run regional releases okay good questions so the First releases, um, it is the first day that it'll come out. Okay. But it will, whether it be a month, two months, three months later, come out. Now, um, on a wider, you know, Okay, so, Um, okay. But I will say that often the first release, and this isn't 100%, but will be something a little different, a colored version. Oh, okay. Or, you know, a numbered. um, Okay. On the back, whether it be hand numbered or stamped, that will be that first release. But- the good part about, you know, if, if you don't get that and it's something you really want to have to listen to, it will be coming. Okay, you still want it, you get it. However, if you miss out on it, which mm-hmm. is a possibility, you should have another chance. That's to get correct, it. yeah. So, so that's good. Yeah. The exclusive to Record Store Day releases, you know, so say there's a, an artist and there are some prominent ones and right. that there's only 1,000, 2,000. Um, if they're exclusive to that day, they will not be released again on Friday. Okay, so that's afterwards. one. If if that's the list, you want that one, obviously. Mm-hmm. And the Record Store Day limited run regional releases. Yeah, those... I, that is a great question. I don't know the true definition of it. I've okay. never seen it explained. Um, I would expect that 
like years ago, before I had the store, actually, there was a, a release of Jimi Hendrix live at Clark University. And uh, I waited in line at That's Entertainment to get it. Um, I think that's where I got day. my copy, too. Yeah. Absolutely. And they had a ton of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, think, I think they had so many that they did last a while, like a yeah. couple of years. Yeah. Um, so I would expect that that was a regional one. And because they were located a mile from the school, that they got priority. Uh, now, on a case that. like that, and I hope I didn't talk over you, mm-hmm. Jimi Hendrix, Clark University. Clark University, obviously, Worcester, base school, Maine South. Right. So you got the Worcester connection. And uh, Jimi Hendrix, Seattle base, mm. would they have regionalized that in Seattle? Or? That, that's a good question. I, I honestly don't know. Yeah. And, and I will also state that um, the regional releases, I always still order them. Right. And, and I typically end up with some now i don't know what region they've targeted they never say that <laughs> <laughs> so but i order very healthy from every distributor and, and, right. and company that offers it rather than focusing with one so you know i'll have better odds of getting things mm. so i usually have those whether they're from this region or not um, <laughs> you know like this there is a buffalo tom release right. for which this would Saturday, be definitely I, a local that's right great boston band. yeah uh, so who it, should i mean uh the singer there, uh, whose name's escaping me, uh, that would be a great one to have in an in-store. Yeah, that's right. Right. And I've long been a fan of theirs. Yeah. I think the last time I saw him pop up was at a Pearl Jam show oh, last okay. year. He was on stage. And uh, so was Jay Maskus, who I think has not, he doesn't have a release, but is on a compilation album. That's I, correct. Yeah. So another local guy in yeah. his, uh area. And so, Joe, what do you consider to be some of the most sought-after and choice 45s, EPs, LPs, picture discs, and box sets that you expect to sell out fast or have a lot of interest to? Sure. There's um, Again, it's, it's why. There's a lot that would take a while to go through it. But some of the real heavy hitters, I think there's a, a Bob Dylan um, a replica of a test pressing of demos and things like that. That one's going to be very hot. Is that uh, the one on the tracks? Like? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, the the Robert Plant one um, that's being released, Fate of, is it Nations? Um, I think that sounds right, yes. That I was surprised that I think there's only 1,000 or 1,500 of those. Now, that you know may not have been one that everyone would have rushed out for of, yeah. the, of his catalog. Right. But the fact that there's so many, and it's Robert Plant, Led Zeppelin, yeah. um, I expect that to go quickly. Okay. Um, there's the, the Grateful Dead stuff always goes quickly. Right. There's a Jerry Garcia live that there's only 2,000 of, so those will go fast. You know, So a lot of that classic rock stuff will. But the jazz, they do some great pressings of, of jazz stuff. And the two in particular this time is one by Bill Evans and one of West Montgomery. And right. I was actually listening to the West Montgomery one before <laughs> coming over this morning. And they, they do, um, they're like true audiophile pressings where the the care and the cutting of the lacquers and everything is very high quality and they sound phenomenal oh dynamite and uh correct me if i'm wrong uh the grateful dead live recordings at least those are after jerry garcia i think Uh, for the day i think they're actually pretty late dates it's um the warfield in 1980 which was oh. an acoustic set, and that's part of the appeal to that one also. Okay, so that is a that is a big deal Yeah, if you're into that. And what are some of the ones that you were personally excited about? Uh, I know last year you were actually excited about Show of Crows, Tuesday Night Music Club, right. because it was the first time out. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. The, um, a lot of mine that I've gotten excited about in the past end up being ones from the 90s that I had on CD they were never I couldn't get on vinyl before right. so like the Sundays last April was a, a big one for me um, and and 
So this year, it always, when I look at the list at first, I'm not quite as excited. Right. There's always just a couple. And then as I get them in, it expands greatly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the West Montgomery was one for sure. Yeah. Um, there's always, I'm a big Bowie fan. so I, And there's a few choice yeah, Bowie so, things. So those, even though I have the, all the originals, <laughs> um, Pink Floyd, I'm also, you know, an enormous fan. So there's a mono copy um, of theirs there that, that I'll... You know, that'll be a hot one also. Right. I remember and, Pink Floyd was sold out before I got into the right. last yeah. year. But I think I have 18 this time, which is a lot more than I have oh, this okay. year. So. <laughs> and uh, explain this to me. There's a three-inch turntable called the RST3 that plays three-inch records. I mean, this sounds like a, a little toy to me, like uh, <laughs> the ones, I, I forget the toy company. Fisher-Price. Fisher-Price. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, one of the records I put out is a three-inch Big Me mm -hmm. by the Foo Fighters. Is this a novelty? Right. Is this something that people care about? It's funny. I do have someone who called earlier in the week and, and you know requested that we carry it. So I did order them kind of late in the game. I think that was Tuesday. Um, so hopefully it'll be here tomorrow and before the day. So I did order a couple. They will, they will, I will have it in store. It's, you know, it's one of those things, who knows? It's, it's, <laughs> it's modeled after the Techniques 1200, so it's a cool-looking little table. Okay. Um, but I don't know at, that you can play much else on it. Other than, <laughs> well, that's the thing. Yeah, very selective. Records, right, which there, you know, there's a few. It comes with the Foo Fighters one. Um, oh, it comes with it. Yes. And then there are, <laughs> there are two other releases that are, will be available, Record Store Day, um, that are kind of ones from Third Man Records, Jack White's label, and it's blind. So there could be different things. Yeah, I noticed uh, uh, they weren't specific on that. Right. Uh, so, you know, it is. I think it is kind of a novelty, but it could be a cool thing if in the future they continue to release three inches that, you know, are compelling and that people, people <laughs> want. <laughs> uh, good luck to that. I mean, it reminds me, I'm a little old to you, so you might not remember this, but there was a time when they uh, released uh, probably three-inch size Beatles and Rolling Stone bubblegum. Oh, which yeah. were shaped, was yeah. shaped like the album covers, sure. which were pretty cool. And they had a the gum uh, had the grooves in it. Yeah, they had it. a gum. I yeah, the gum was shaped like a vinyl record, yeah. and uh, and that's what that makes me. <laughs> <laughs> now there's uh, some things that stuck out on my list, and I, being that you're the expert here, Joe, mm -hmm. I was going to ask you my ask your opinion, not ask my opinion, <laughs> on what you think of some of these. Uh, now, there's a compilation that seems to be getting it in the garage, live music from, I won't say the next word because it's one of those uh, bad words if you do the the Twitter thing on it, but it's with Mark Amaron, <laughs> and it features people like Ben Hopper, Dave Alman, The Eels, Jay Baskus, Amy Mann, Melissa Etheridge, Niccolo, who I'm seeing tonight. Oh, great. And, uh, and I might stop in your store to get a vinyl later on him. Uh, you got one in stock. I notice uh, Nick the Knife. Uh, and this uh, benefits musicians on call. And for, I'm sorry about going in tangent. So right. is that a record that people want? Is that a Those can be difficult at times, to yeah. be honest with you. Uh, certainly, and you know, as we talk about it, there are great names on there. Yeah. Um, and, and so we'll have a few of those. Uh, I think they just came in yesterday. I remember seeing them. Um, but the, some of the compilations I'll bring in, and sometimes they take off, and sometimes yeah, they don't. Yeah, that's a hit or miss. You can't call just those. don't know, yeah. Unless, I mean, great people. But, Absolutely. Uh, and, I, and I guess it would also be the cuts that they perform, too. Correct, yeah. Um, 
I guess this one's a no-brainer. It's on my short list. Uh, Pearl Jam Live at Easy Street. Uh, oh, is it a CD or LP? No, it's an LP. Okay, I got yeah. a CD listed there. Uh, recorded live at a Seattle record, record store. store yeah, they, which is you know this big picture on the front cover. It's really cool looking. That one will be hot. The Pearl Jam fans, there are a lot of them, and and you know they're always out in force for their vinyl copies. And last year was it the Orpheum one that was the big deal, or was that a few years back? Or was that a another one at a different store? Uh, I can't recall. Okay, well, uh, and uh, how many copies of that? Yeah, that's a great question. I. Don't have that committed to memory, but oh, okay. I think it's close to. I want to say thirteen-ish. Okay, and I uh, and I, I asked. I would not normally ask someone that question, but Joe is one of the most organized guys <laughs> I've ever met. His records are impeccably in, in alphabetical order, and on his website, which is very easy to find, Joe's albums. Yep. Joe's dot com. Uh, and even if you do a search for records. Uh, for Worcester, it's usually the first thing that comes up. Yes. He does have a breakdown of everything in alphabetical order, which not even the record store day people <laughs> have completely. And he'll say how many he has or expects to have. Yeah, I guess you that, that's will correct. Have. If you were to visit the site, it, there is a tab, and you can see everything that'll be there Saturday, yeah. the quantities and the price. So you know you can budget. <laughs> now another one which I don't particularly care about, but there's people who do. Are Prince of Vinyl and I. I love Prince, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, a vinyl release of His Majesty Pop Life, the Purple Mix Club, and the Verazzi, Verazzi experience, uh, experience, Prelude to Gold, a cassette that was uh, never commercially released, but was given out of Verazzi's uh, 1995 Paris Fashion Week show. Is this something we expect yes, to be yes. interested? Uh, yeah, the Prince stuff always sells well. Um, so those will go. Uh, I think we have a... I don't know, two or three of the cassettes and, and a lot of the His Majesty's Pop Life. But they will, I don't think they'll last the day Saturday. Okay, and uh, and people still care about cassettes? Good question. I, I have a cassette playing yeah, in the car I'm it, driving, so I <laughs> pretend there's first albums usually in there. <laughs> um, I think in these cases that people will buy them because it's record store day and it's more of a collectible. Yeah. But um, when people come into the store asking for cassettes, it is that they still have them in the car. <laughs> <laughs> Queen's Brian May and Foo Fighters Taylor Hawkins uh, flesh out a track left by Beach Boys' Dennis Wilson. Mm-hmm. I would think that might be one of those oddballs that people might want to hear. It could be. That's, If I remember correctly, that's a 45, right? Yes, um, I'm sorry, it's a and, 45. And the 7 inches, my experience has been the demand isn't quite as great yeah. as, as the LPs, which you know, oh, okay. there's a queen um, double picture disc of Bohemian Rhapsody. That will be hot. Yeah. Now there's, uh, now we got uh, the Bohemian Rhapsody with the B side. Uh, I'm in love with my car, mm-hmm. uh, which the drummer did, I believe. Okay. Uh, uh, and the picture disc of Bohemian Rhapsody soundtrack. I'm reading. Yes. So uh, not to put you on the spot, yeah. Before this big movie came out, which was Dynamite, right? Do people care about Queen as much as they do now? Queen has always sold very well. Okay. Um, however, I will say that it's on another level at this point. Yeah, it's you crazy. Know, now. Recently, a month or two ago, I had someone come in with a small collection, and there were twelve different Queen titles in there. I put a, a snapshot on the Facebook page, and people ran down, and they were gone within twenty-four hours. Wow! Wow! And uh, there's a few Bowie uh, releases, and one uh, Bowie and Marlena Dietrich single of Just a Gigolo. Yes. Which I remember when that first came out. Yeah. I think I'm showing my age. 
<laughs> but uh, and I guess that's a picture disc, or uh, I don't know if that one is. To be yeah, honest with you, because it's sealed be. up in a, in a yeah. seven inch. So that might be interesting. Uh, Elvis Costello and Imposters Purse EP that brings together the songs Elvis has written with some of the best songwriters in history, including Paul McCartney and Johnny Cash. So. Uh, this is not necessarily unreleased stuff. This is the stuff he's recorded with these people. Correct. Okay, Correct. so yeah, I'm on the fence on that. <laughs> uh, you mentioned the blood on the tracks, uh, the New York t- Test Press and Dylan. Uh, John Lennon's Imagine. Mm. Is that something? I mean, great album. A great album. People have that. Uh, do we still care about, I mean, who's buying that? People yeah. that just don't have that album? Well, no, it's not simply a reissue of Imagine. It's raw mixes. Okay. So it's stripped down um, versions of the record. And I can't recall. I want to say it's a two-record set, but I, I could be mistaken on that. I think it is. I think I did say it was a two-record okay. set. So so I think there will be interest in that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, especially of all of John Lennon's solo releases, Imagine is yeah. the one. And I'll be wrapping this shortly. I just a few things that came to interest in me for my personal use that I didn't mention already. Twin Peaks Season 2, which I think you only got two copies yeah, of. Yeah, I didn't get many. Uh, so I might have to be <laughs> early for that. You uh, 2 the Europa EP, I, I might be interested in that. Billy Joe Live at Carnegie Hall, 1977, which I, I think might be a good I album. I think that's going to be a hot one, too. And that was fairly limited, so... 3,000. Yeah. And it's a 2LP set, and... I've seen uh, Mr. Joe many times. First time I saw him was the Nylon Kernan tour across the street. But, I mean, what a period to get him. And this is about the kind of the time period where he, uh, if it wasn't, I th- was on Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. uh, with the Stranger album. Although this is, uh, I think this is probably 52nd Street era, if my math is. It sounds right. Yeah. But, I mean, what a great time to see him sure. or catch him live. Uh, we mentioned the, the Floyd album, and there's a few releases I question about why are these out. And as we were joking earlier, here's a Sophie's Choice question for people out there. If you could only get one record, what would you get? The Various Artists, Coneheads, Music for the Motion Picture uh, LP, or the Sheena Easton Sugar Walls 12-inch picture disc? People really care about this stuff? I, they do, surprisingly. Sometimes the more odd uh, something is the more someone wants it. But, you know, as a result of, uh, I don't think there'll be huge demand like there will be in the other uh, artists that we talked about. So that's why we don't have quite as many of those. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, I, I, I won't pursue that. Uh, uh, so uh, anything you'd like to add before we close out? I don't think so. Um, just thank you. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for being you. And you, and people, his store uh, on Main Street, beautiful store, opens at 8, but you're going to be there all day. That's correct. What? How late are you open on until, 7? Until 6. 6 o'clock. And you can still get, if you don't drag uh, yourself out of bed, which sometimes it's tough, there will be stuff. Uh, there will be some stuff one, special two, releases and, that will last the yeah. day and, it, and, and, you know, beyond. And... Um, you uh, wonderful people out there, you have been listening to Worcester Culture Watch. For more, read our arts and entertainment coverage in the Worcester Telegram and Gazette and online at telegram.com. Joe, uh, thank you. If you haven't been to his record store, even if, it's, uh, even if you can't do it for record store day, you have to go in there. Give yourself at least an hour because 
you're going to want to look around. And also, Joe's one of the nicest guys uh, in the city. I have never seen him make you feel uncomfortable if looking for hours or two for anybody, oh, even, if you don't, even if you don't buy anything. <laughs> so, uh, as always, our music was composed by DJ Manipulator. And thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week. <laughs>